What's happening, my friends? Austin here with FTM Alerts, and welcome to Phantom Unchained, episode number 28. Holy shit, we got a lot to talk about. With me, as always, my wonderful co-host, Justin Bebas, $24, double sharp, and the new guy in the room who just told his corporate job to stick it where the sun don't shine, Mr. Crypto Clay. <laughs> welcome. I don't know, man. I got, you know, Thank like, you. I, I've never, like, really had, like, a real job. I maybe yeah. I think like when I was 16 I had a real job uh, and and then I got fired because I didn't know how to flip chicken right or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you actually quit like a high paying real job to go full time crypto. Mad respect for you, buddy. And for anyone that doesn't know Clay, you're gonna get to know Clay because he's gonna start helping me out with these AMAs. Uh, he's gonna be on camera a lot and hopefully make what uh, I've been doing a lot more efficient. So. <laughs> That's my pitch for Clay. And if, if you are consistently on this show for the next two to three weeks, I will ask Condor, who did our intro, to put your mug yep. on there. Uh, and Let's so it. that's it. All right. All right. Let's rock are Austin that. and Double Sharp frozen for anyone else? No, they're, they're good here. Fresh uh, haircut, Clay. I see you. I see you, bro. <laughs> it's you that, look fresh. You got that LA look. Nice shirt. Nice shirt, dude. What's on your shirt, bro? Can you stand oh, that's up? That's some anime. Oh. Hunter x Hunter, bro. Okay. my guy gone. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get into it. So uh, let's start with the market a little bit. So uh, market outlook. Phantom is back above the 50-day exponential moving average. Uh, it is actually back above a very, very crucial level of long-term support. Uh, the, the ecosystem tokens have been reacting positively. However, uh, if you open up a weekly chart, You'll see uh, the golden arches there, and that is a very, very crappy market structure of <laughs> uh, a huge double top, which if that actually plays out, we don't want that to play out. If that plays out, it's, it's no bueno for anybody. So um, what are you all thinking about this? The, the, the OG projects or, or like the ones that are well-rooted in Phantom definitely saw, you know, I, I kind of feel like because the communities are strong, they've been growing. The second Phantom shows any type of uh, bullish momentum, people are just ready to rip into these projects. What do you all think? Oh, yeah. I mean, this just goes to show you like how eager everybody is waiting in the wings um, just for like any sign that it's time to, you know, go in. So that's, I mean, you know, I don't have much more insight than that, but it is uh, exciting to see that uh, we're not dead in the water. Does anyone have community stats, like how big these communities are, token holders? We should have that and like bring that on the show because I'd be interested to know. I know uh, there's a shit ton of boo holders, Spirit, LQDR. Uh, I don't know how many people hold credit, but anyhow. All right. So let's just move on from that one unless anyone has anything. The next one's kind of fun. Uh, current market strategies, which... So if I'm if I'm being honest, you know, and I've mentioned this guy before, I follow a guy named Dave the Wave who has this. Uh, he calls it the LGC. It's essentially a logarithmic scale of where Bitcoin goes, which kind of directs the rest of the market. And he's still calling for a bottom around 25 to 30k uh, near the end of April. And the longer we range, the higher that bottom comes up. Is basically the way that the chart works, at least from his perspective. And so, so my strategy here, I got to be honest with you guys, that everything going on with Solidly has been a huge gift in a shitty market because it's taken all the bags I've been holding and essentially supercharged their APR, at least until like last week. This week's been a little bit, eh, a little bit dinky. But so what are y'all's strategies uh, right now in this market? Um, for me personally, uh, I've been kind of like... Um, 
just kind of focusing on the yield. Uh, I made sure at least when Phantom dipped to borrow a lot of Phantom at that price, which is obviously this done well. This is the kind of lesson that. But uh, it, it's pretty. Did you hear random voice? Was that just me? <laughs> Yo, who, who, are you? Are you like taking uh, coding courses on our on our stream? Who did that? Double sharp? Who was that? <laughs> I confused you. I thought he was talking to me. <laughs> Yo, if we get like zoom bombed in the middle of a, a closed session, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it. All right, keep going. Twenty four. What do you just, got, buddy? Just yielding. Um, making sure you're LPing, accumulating, focusing on uh, the number of tokens you have rather than the price. Um, and just kind of long term, uh, um, I want people to just kind of reevaluate their portfolios. If you've kind of mentally yeah. sold your bags, you're not paying attention, you're not in the discords, you're not really looking at things. Maybe you should evaluate your position in there. But uh, just just doing what I can to kind of accumulate the tokens. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point. I mean, honestly, 24, I did that yesterday, right? Going through the entire portfolio. It literally took me like six hours to to move things around, like the market shifts, right? SolidX not not pushing the APRs they were before. Um, but, you know, we, so we could still see a little more downside, right? But, um, I, you know, Austin, I thought you put out a great uh, tweet yesterday, you know, kind of talking about, um, you know, getting into Xterra, Xscream, like when this run happens, which you know inevitably it will, it might be a couple of months, but when it does, um, you know, I want to try to limit my uh, permanent loss on 50-50 LPs. There's great options on, on on Beethoven. There's, you know, there's tons of great options on, on Reaper for auto compounding. So um, if you don't know a lot about, you know, LPing and, and, and farming, it's, you know, that's really an amazing way to get through a bear market. And that's really where you know, I've spent a lot of time focusing. Yeah, that's really what I've been doing. So kind of almost like in contrast to what 24 said is I have been looking at these tokens that I would have, you know, I would have given my left arm to buy at these prices, uh, yep. you know, five months ago. And I'm going, okay, shit, I'm, I'm willing to give up some APR in favor of having the actual coins that I want. Because when this run happens, whether it happens in a week or two months or six months, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, I want to be positioned for that. Right. And so like I've had a ton of stuff in Reaper for a long time uh, in 50 50 pools, uh, found the equivalent pool, but maybe it's an 80 20 or a 70 30 over on Beethoven and uh, just, you know, shifted it over to that. These these X tarot, tarot, X scream, scream, uh, the LQDR, you know, 80 20 pools over on the oath, 80 20 pool over on Beethoven. These are all great ways of uh, mitigating a permanent loss. And especially like the oath pool is paired up with beats. So those are both eco ecosystem tokens. So they're probably both going to run at like a similar clip, which is going to really limit uh, impermanent loss, which is not that big of a boogeyman. I think a lot of people get more scared of it than it actually is. So that's kind of been my strategy lately. Um, Beavis' strategy is always just to get as much USDC as possible and double sharp. I don't even know what you do, double sharp. I've, <laughs> you've never told me. I, I mean, in I my just, head, I, double doesn't trade. He just like holds the tokens. He just codes all day. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I mean, I do development and earn Phantom. That's yeah. sort of my strategy. Yeah, it's like, uh, go ahead, double. I was just going to, I mean, it's, it, it, if, from my experience with trading, you do the type of trading that I would probably do. I feel like I would need to pay attention and, you know, see when news comes out and look at charts. And I just, I don't really have enough time to do that. So it's, um, my decision was just that, you know, I thought Phantom, the, the token would do well. And so I'm just sort of accumulating that, um, in some USDC like stable coin stuff, but not very much. Yeah. So I, 
I do want to point out that, you know, all right, so the first real kickoff bull run for Phantom happened in early 2021. I mean, that was like the life changer for me. And that's, you know, when we, when FKM Alert started, it's when we got the first uh, bridge, the multi-chain bridge. And a lot of projects that are around today launched at that time, they were brand new. They had no big community. They had really no development done except for their real basic, you know, MVP, we'll call it. And so, you know, we had a market crash in May of 2021 and a subsequent run up to the current all-time high of Bitcoin, which is 69K, which lasted, I would say, until October, November, right? During that time, we were kind of like getting our footing. People were starting to notice Phantom. People were joining the community. But the unfortunate thing is a lot of people joined the community at the top of that last run that we had. And a lot of them rode it all the way down. So what we're going to see, I think, in this next bull run is we're going to see mature projects, which we're going to talk about Liquid Driver here in a sec. Uh, we're going to see mature projects with huge communities that are ready to pounce as soon as the market structure dictates. So I think we're going to see something brand new that we've never seen within Phantom. And my personal feeling is anyone that's positioned well uh, in that is going to do very well because we've had a real retracement this time. Like we have really reset the indicators on Bitcoin and, and Phantom for that matter. So I think big days are ahead, ladies and gents. All right, let's keep going. So uh, let's talk about Liquid Driver for a second. Uh, Dr. Liquid is one of the devs that I'm, or he's not a developer, but he's one of the, the admins that I am in most contact with. Uh, I chat with him pretty regularly and he has got some huge, huge plans for what he wants to turn Liquid Driver into. And I think you guys saw the mention of the Shadow Farms yesterday, which is yep. you farm, you get tokens. Those tokens are automatically uh, put into the, the respective governance tokens like XBU, FBeats, and Lin Spirit. And then those are automatically compounded on your behalf beyond that. Like it's some real cool, crazy shit. But these guys are shipping a lot of products, man. Uh, I assume Beavis and Double Sharp, you guys have, have checked out the FNFTs that uh they're yeah, doing wow. yeah yeah it's nice to see i feel i felt so bad because like we decided to go with like the on-chain svg route uh with our fnft so i had i was like rob dude i love you but we're <laughs> this way so i felt really bad and it's so nice to see uh his stuff kind of making headway on phantom so i'm proud of him and hopefully soon he can start developing that rail gun and uh you know start an evil empire and uh you know we'll all just be under his thumb forever that would be dope yo rob's got big plans uh i i don't want to reveal too much but he's got some some big a big new product that they're planning on releasing i believe on phantom uh that's going to mm -hmm. be really really cool yeah and i think the um the other thing that's interesting about the stuff that we, or he was doing for liquid driver is that some of it's applicable to any curve token um, it's some of the, I was working with him on some of it. It's the code that, um, I've been developing that helps. It, it basically lets you take anything that's locked to an address and make it liquid behind an NFT. So there's more things that you could do with liquid driver, other curved to or VE tokens, um, you know, other staking things, all sorts of cool stuff coming. But I, I yeah. do know that he is planning to build, they are multi-chain, but are planning to build a lot of stuff on Phantom. It's funny that uh, like all the Ethereum people are like disappointed by their like DeFi 2.0 like stuff, um, and meanwhile Phantom like Liquid Driver low key is 
probably the best DeFi 2.0 protocol period. It's like they take all the strongest elements um, of like DeFi 2.0, if you didn't know, is like uh, application layer. So you have DeFi 1.0, which is like the protocol or primitive layer. Um, and then people that build on top of those and aggregate them and, um, you know, develop in incentive structures on top of them. That would be DeFi 2.0. And right now, Liquid Driver um, is like at the front of the pack <laughs> and... Yeah. You know, it, it, they don't get a lot of attention because they're not on Ethereum, but um, it is like they're doing crazy stuff. And it's it's a matter of time um, at this point. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's yeah. super duper exciting. And Liquid Driver yeah. makes the whole ecosystem accessible to people. And I think that's mm -hmm. probably the best part about it. Like if you're not too well versed in terms of, like you said, DeFi 1.0 and figuring out each of the protocols, you could just kind of put your money on liquid driver, have exposure to everything. And the financial NFTs, like when I first like started hearing about them, liquid driver was my first thought. Like if you're locked in a position, um, a yield earning position that can easily be sold, like whether you want to hold it to the, your lock period, you could kind of like, Hey, like this is an undervalued asset I have. It's locked in for this many years and it earns this much. And it was to me, that's where, I thought it was like a no-brainer with that, but I, I'm a big fan of Liquid Driver. Well, not just that with those FNFTs. <clears throat> so let's say you've got a, a, we'll call it a relatively big position, like 10,000 Liquid Driver or something like that. You can have 10 FNFTs worth 1,000 each, preparing yourself for when you want to sell those on the marketplace later. Because if you put something out there, there's you know maybe limited buyers, but if you've got multiple small, you could even exit that position you know, in stages if you want to. And while you guys were talking, it made me think of something that we didn't put on as a topic, but I'm, I'm hoping you guys can give me some clarity on. So um, the other day, uh, Liquid Driver, Spirit Swap, and uh, Revenant all put out uh, a notice saying, hey, do me a favor, uh, revoke your permission for the VE contract that we use because there was a small bug in it. And essentially what that bug did, it didn't necessarily put your funds at risk, but it allowed somebody, from my understanding, to lock funds in your wallet on your behalf. Like if you were holding liquid driver, they could automatically lock that liquid driver into XLQDR on your <laughs> behalf. I don't quite know how that would even work, <laughs> but, but it was a bug in the VE contract, the VE curve contract. So anyone using that uh, up until this point experienced that. And I saw somebody on Twitter, he's going, Phantom just sucks. I mean, everything gets hacked. Liquid driver got hacked. Nah, it was a bug in the contract. 100 got hacked. Nah, that was on Gnosis. And I'm like, dude, none of that shit had anything to do with Phantom. And he replies to me, well, Phantom still sucks. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm just going to back off. This guy's an idiot. <laughs> I mean, but, he, has, uh, he, has a, he made a good case, though. That was He tried. Yeah. Like, he yeah. really tried. That was a toilet yeah. tweet, I'm pretty sure. But <laughs> do you guys have any insight into, into this VE, CRV bug thingy? Um, people just always get, like, dingled by, like... <laughs> Permit slash like, uh, you know, routing functions or things that like do something on behalf of someone else. Um, and a lot of that is just for like, you know, the developers like, OK, maybe in, you know, six months to a year, we're going to create some cool UX uh, element using this weird function. Probably never going to get used anyway, but uh, it's usually just like. You know, it's usually like marketing teams coming up with like cool ideas and then like you need to implement this. And then the developer's like, OK, how can I 
spend as little time on this as possible. And it's just like a delegation feature or, or something like that. Um, and, and that's like what got grim. Um, and these things just get snuck into code bases. Um, and uh, a lot of people don't think about them or, or don't really give them the kind of attention they deserve. Um, it's just, you know, a little bit of a poor uh, design. I don't know whether it was an issue for Curve as well. Um, yeah. Uh, so just just uh, a mistake was made. A mistake was made. I am not yeah. a huge fan of the VE locking model anymore. Uh, I got to be honest with you. The, the time frames they put now, XLQDR has just printed. Uh, and so, you know, the good news is being one of the first day lockers, I am in profit there. Spirit Swap, not so much. Uh, and when it came to creditum, I didn't lock anything because I just got past the point of being willing. Because the way that in the VE model, at least the way I have to do it mentally is I have to say those tokens are gone. I have to recoup yeah. it based yeah. on the rewards that I'm getting back. Now, flash forward to Beethoven has kind of a new pseudo locking model that they're going to be coming out with, which has what, 12 or 16 weeks. Can anyone clarify that yeah. for me? It, 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 I, well, I don't, I'm not sure it's exactly defined yet, but it, it should mimic the convex model to some extent of, of 12 weeks, which I'm actually pretty comfortable with. Like that's, you know, in crypto four years is, you know, is insane. Uh, but 12 weeks is pretty, pretty doable. So yeah, it should be 12 weeks, I think. Cool. Yeah. I'm hoping we move towards a more, a more reasonable governance type model uh, yeah. with these. But I, on, I, on, honestly, Austin, you're not wrong for that because there was a little period where everyone was just implementing VE just to kind of as like a bullish sentiment for the, the token. So like, I can understand why I got, I you got sick of locking things because sometimes like it can be kind of a soft rug over what four years like that's <laughs> it's kind of you know what I mean <laughs> but uh, but uh, for credit I haven't locked but from what I understand there's I know a guy four year lock I think he's gotten ten percent back off of what three fee kind of redistributions but most of the time it, it's it's kind of it's not the it's not a good feeling like having your money stuck in like let's say for example keeper for four years and then you wake up to like a you know <laughs> termination tweet okay i don't want to bring that up but you know what i mean it's not <laughs> it's not a good feeling but i can that, understand it, where you're coming from yeah the the termination tweets this wouldn't help with but that like that is what the uh, revest stuff is, can do for the right. tokens is they are they're locked to an address but that address doesn't have to be a wallet it could be uh, a contract that's managed through an NFT. So you can accomplish a lot of what the projects are trying to do by locking up their supply and taking it off the market. Uh, you can still make it, it's still technically liquid because you can tra trade it with somebody, you could sell it for something. Even if the underlying assets are worth you know, 100, you could sell it for 50 just because you want to get out of the position. That doesn't help if, if the project just goes away in two years and it's locked for four years because um, you know, the, they're just going to lose value. There's not that much you can do about it. No one's going to want to buy it. But in terms of making a lot of the positions more tradable so that you can't exit them, even if you were to take a penalty to do it, that I think is, oh, I know that's coming because I'm working on a lot of it. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the plan for most stuff. It's sort of the, it's like an upgrade to the VE tokens that let you have a little bit more functionality on top. Guys, I wanted to go back to where we started here, real quick. So, on the on the liquid driver piece, um, you know, if you if you go to their docs and just look at the roadmap, it, like it is incredible 
the amount of stuff they've shipped, um, you know, since updating their docs, like just go through the checklist and it's just check, check, check. And they are continually shipping. And, and something that I find really, um, you know, bullish about the, the shadow farming piece, right. Um, you know, because they're farming, you know, sort of native tokens of, of spooky or expo beats, F beats, et cetera. The, the long-term plan is to reduce, uh, reduce liquid driver emissions by 40%, right? Mm -hmm. So that's really where the focus should be. So if you were bullish on liquid driver before, let's reduce the actual token emissions by 40% and see what that does to price. So we saw a run from what, two, $2 to $50 in, in January. Um, and that was with full emissions as they are now. So, so think about kind of what that means long-term. Um, I really couldn't be more bullish on the project and just the, like, just the way they ship, it's crazy. Um, and so, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of upside coming and they're doing a ton of innovation. So it's, it's really exciting. I would say the most surprising thing about liquid driver is, uh, like their name kind of gets in your head. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it like noodles this way. Like every time I'm going to, to the bathroom, like anybody in the house, whenever we're going to the bathroom, we're, we're like, you know, we're about to drive some liquid. <laughs> and I mean, you know, that's, that's like, you know, that's just us being funny guys. But like, you know, whenever like we see like a stream, we're like, oh, dude, look, it's nature driving liquid. You know, it's like, uh, it's, it's kind of like has like a funny edge to it that, uh, sneaks in your head that and like retrieve uh we like to we like to say treeb and like an alien voice like treeb <laughs> like you know whenever it's really late and we're tired and we're like effed up uh from being tired not from you know substances or whatever but uh like whenever we're working late sometimes we're just in discord saying treeb nonstop. um <laughs> And, you know, I am I just own FTM and USDC right now, so I'm not shilling anything. But uh, it is like these are the things that, you know, I don't I don't know if you said to a marketing person, hey, this is how I think of your product, that they'll be that happy about it. But it, 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 it does like put them at the forefront of my mind. Like when I think of projects on Phantom, I think of the stuff uh, that I like just, you know, say every day to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Bite Masons, ladies and gentlemen, there it is with all their good jokes. <laughs> I randomly Go like their I like LQDR as a token for some reason too. Like I feel like it flows well as a Yeah, yeah. Cool. And it, it's like it's like it's it's almost sophisticated. It's like the only like you know, it's not it's not a word, it's not anything crazy, but it does like LQDR. It, it it's not like there's nothing that's really, you know, clashing there. Yeah, it flows. So, yeah, good. They they somehow maybe maybe they're just like prescient geniuses. I don't know how you can like day one just come up with that, uh, but it does it does work uh, really well. And they're they're cool, and you know I think they're going to be around probably forever. Walking down emissions is really hard, uh, but I think uh, they have a loyal enough uh, following to to get it done and get it done right. Well, and he kind of explained to me how they were going to go about it, and. Uh, they have they're going they're going to slow down LQDR emissions, but they're going to kind of work on raising alternate emissions. So dollar for dollar, it should be very very similar to the XLQDR holders. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that so makes sense. That. Yeah. Before we move on from the financial NFTs, somebody had like posted something about can they be artwork? And I think that was something Justin was mentioning about the Oath tokens. Um, they can be artwork. Like it's there's. That's actually one of the things that's cool about using NFTs for this. They give you the the liquid 
uh, ability to transact things that are locked behind a token and all sorts of stuff they drive like that. The liquid. But they also have a like a native way to view what that token is about. Like, so if you have an ERC twenty, it's really hard to like see it. But if you look at an NFT in a marketplace, there is a way for there to be metadata about it and an image, and that can be generated on chain. It could be all sorts of things. But it is you could have like the first ten thousand have some special artwork or whatever. For the most part, a lot of these are designed to produce lots and lots and lots of tokens. Um, so it would be hard to like design custom artwork for a billion tokens or something like that. But you can have the the image be customized, have it. Yeah, that's the some some of the Byte Mason stuff that's coming. But you can like do all sorts of cool stuff with the the UI and UX on them to have the NFT describe what is lock what's locking um, or what's locked behind it, how long it's locked for cool art, all sorts of stuff, games. Yeah. And Revest does that, right? Like with the with the mm-hmm. XLQDR FNFTs? All right. Yeah. They're doing yeah. it a little yeah. bit differently, but but yeah, there's like different approaches to doing all this stuff. One of the things that Revest is doing that is cool is um, using interactive NFTs, which is what I one of the things I was working on uh, with PaintSwap so that you can embed, like one of the things, like we were, the demo was of games and things like that, but it really could be, any sort of application embedded in, in something like that. And that application could then display things about the token or let you interact with it, all sorts of things. Yeah, that that uh, thing I just shared is generated fully on chain. Well, not fully, there's like a, a base template that's hosted. Um, and then all of the actual data, all of the text, uh, the curve, um, and uh, some of the other stuff, the name is is all projected onto the base uh, on chain, and um, it is way harder to do than it sounds. Uh, but um, yeah, we we have uh, our fantastic uh, engineer who's been kind of pushing Reliquary uh, into production. Zokune um, has been working on that, and kind of same deal. Like you know, um, Revest is a really like flexible. It can do you know plug and play, turn anything into a financial NFT. Whereas what we're doing um, is really kind of focused um, on, you know, a single use case being managing emissions. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's like a ton of room in this market. And, you know, now everybody's kind of, uh, you know, heading, heading down the path toward the, the FNFT future. And, I mean, honestly, like ignoring, you know, every, all the other features the Reliquary does, just looking like at the NFT, it's kind of a way to force people to OTC um, and incentivize OTC trading as opposed to market dumping. Um, And that's like, you know, we as developers have figured out, okay, um, AMMs are really powerful, but they also kind of suck uh, because, you know, they they price things a little bit inaccurately. Um, And, you know, people trying to free up liquidity, a lot of times they'll just go the super easy route and boom, market dump. Um, When a lot of times, like, you know, all the fundamentals surrounding a project might um, indicate that that's not the move to do. But um, just kind of as as permissionless ecosystem developers, we need to put people toward the smart uh, investor and smart, you know, asset manager route as opposed to, um, you know, I'm just going to do everything as slapdash as I possibly can. And, um, and FNFTs just facilitate um that like get people acting like venture capitalists and it will be good for everybody involved you know what i'm saying there's all sorts of stuff like i was talking to some people that i'm working with on this stuff and 
we were talking about like how do you, how are these things going to be priced and I sort of was laughing because I was like, well, I'm glad that I, I don't have to do it. But like part of what you're saying is the reason why financial NFTs make sense because there's value behind some of some positions that aren't necessarily just the token value. It could be like future value or opportunity cost or all sorts of things. So you might be willing to sell like some some combination of assets for like a premium or a discount or whatever given some like your your particular situation like what is composed behind that nft so it, it does sort of provide a whole new uh there's going to be like a whole new model for pricing things because a lot of there, there's similarities there's ways to read the data out of them but they also are nfts so they represent unique positions and they're going to be uh, different in the, in some ways also. So coming up with models to figure out the value of them, how to transact them on the marketplace. Yeah, I'm excited to see how people treat uh, relics because this is like this this is the true t- test because they're not the funds aren't locked. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and just trying to move people to market with your value. Like if you you will get more value if you um, OTC this. Uh, so that that'll be the true test of like, is this UX like possible? Are people willing to chase after that extra five to ten percent? Um, uh, we'll see if it's unlocked. Um, and then a lot of the stuff that's locked long term, I see as just selling under market rate, um, which is fine. It's it's opportunity cost that you're uh, mm-hmm. paying there. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, I think you know if Reliquary is successful and we're trying really hard to make it. Uh, successful, then um, we could kind of see like uh, a little bit of a paradigm shift. So that's uh, that's really exciting. Um, but yeah, it's it's just cool overall. And you know, NFTs are cute, and uh, you know, it be how it be. So it seems think, like a <clears throat> sorry. Go ahead, double sir. Uh, I was gonna say like the. I also think people should uh, keep in mind that all this stuff is sort of in development and being released in, in phases. So some of the early. Like the Uniswap V3 NFT or, or NFTs, those have really nice on-chain display. Some of the other um, on-chain stuff has is sort of just like basic NFTs. When you looked at at some of the stuff on PaintSwap initially, it wasn't it was not easy for a human to read, and so PaintSwap made some changes so that you can see the value behind them. But a lot of this stuff is going to be iterative, so seeing what's out right now is going to get improved pretty quickly. Um, you'll start seeing more like more polished on-chain image generation, metadata generation uh, marketplaces are going to be more streamlined and you'll start being able to get analytics that tell you more about the NFTs, which aren't really available right now because this stuff doesn't exist or is brand new. But I think um, it's going to be, it, it does seem to be an evolving part of the ecosystem that a lot of different people are working on. So and if you haven't checked out the reliquary stuff, all the um, codes on GitHub, I've been looking at it. So really good segue here, uh, because I wanted to give Beavis the floor for a minute to talk about Oath. It's live on the market. It's got a shitload of deep liquidity. What is it? Why should people care? I have to go drive some liquid. I'll be right back. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> He's driving liquid. Um, well, if anybody else wants to say something, you can go first. I, I, I'm trying to get over my fear of like shilling my own stuff. Uh, well, I'll say it but, for um, you. You guys, you guys took the oath, right? Hell yeah! That's what I'm talking. <laughs> I'm writing. I'm writing something down. Just give me a second. <laughs> Did you take the oath? 
<laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, like yield for oath is is pretty awesome right now. Um, even if you're not a like long term on on the token, you don't really know anything about Reaper Farm. Um, recently, like everything kind of retraced. It's kind of a good buy just just for the yield and the speculation. You know, in the future, uh, the Bite Masons are a big team. And if you're thinking really long term, um, that's probably one of my long term holds. You know, just because I know that whatever happens in the future, that that, it, that they're going to be building and building and working. Yeah, I mean, like, kind of <laughs> the reason the reason we went so broad with Oath, like, you know, we have Reaper. Uh, you know, our strategies are like really good, but Reaper itself, the tech is like mind blowing. You know, it's we've got good strategies, we've got good investment products, um, but it's not high tech. Uh, it generates a lot of revenue. Um, so, you know, Oath covers that, but we also wanted Oath to be kind of indefinite. Um, so, all the software that we make going forward. Uh, is going to kind of be wrapped up into that Oath uh, ecosystem. So, you know, you're talking, you know, integrations, different means of value capture, different means of utility um, across all of our ecosystem for years and years to come. And it's, you know, Oath would be kind of like an alphabet or a meta, you know what I mean? So um, it's just kind of the overarching, um, you know, token DAO ecosystem uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to help us manage our software in, in kind of a permissionless way, um, and like the thing is, like a lot of the software we're working on, like Reliquary has been done for like over a month. We're just like we want to make the best front end in DeFi, is you know, because <laughs> uh, we have the talent to, so why not? Um, and we want to make it really easy to fork, uh, so we're really taking our time um, with that, uh, and like. A lot of the stuff that we advertise is stuff that's already done. Um, like, you know, you look on a roadmap, like, uh, you know, the reliquary lending, that's not done, but that's fully architected right now, at least at the high level, um, you know, and, and implementation is coming relatively soon. Uh, and, you know, you look at our roadmap, you know, there's like down the line a reserve currency that's been prototyped for months and months and months. Um, but then there's like all the stuff that we don't talk about. Um, you know, there's, there's the stuff like we are talking about only stuff that's either done or in like a state where we know for a fact that it's going to work well. Um, and, you know, we have a team of 30 people. We're working on some crazy, exciting stuff, um, you know, in the B2B space for retail, um, you know, to facilitate kind of everything else we're doing. Um, and like, <laughs> I, 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 I start, like just, we've realized recently that like a lot of people don't know that we work on more than just like Reaper. You know what I mean? Um, and we have, you know, 17 developers right now and, you hear company like if you remember Waka, they were like, "Oh, we have eight developers." Um, you know, there's like a lot of talk about you know we have a ton of developers, and a lot of times either they don't exist or they're outsourced or they're like you know, people on Fiverr that they you know have emailed before. Um, but like we have 17 like serious like good ass developers on the team, so um, you know if if 
you wonder what 17 developers are able to produce, um, especially 17 high-level developers. Like, you straight up can't have more than a few on one project. Um, so in parallel, we're working on like a ton of crazy stuff. Um, and again, you know, I'm being kind of generic as I have uh, historically, but um, you know, the the point of that is we don't want to like price in everything we're doing, and we don't want to advertise everything we're doing because then people would go like crazy. Um, yeah. but most of what we're doing has never been done before. Um, all of what we're doing is on phantom. Um, and you know, even, even beyond that, like you think about all the security ops we do, like, you know, I don't want to like take credit for it, but you look at how many exploits or how many like, you know, dangerous critical incidents have there been in top projects on phantom. Um, and you know, a lot of that is, you know, we're doing security ops in the background. Uh, we're kind of creating a security first culture or helping to create a security first culture, um, kind of in the development ecosystem. Um, and then, you know, we own like chunks of a lot of other projects, uh, on the network just by virtue of managing their security ops and, and helping them. So as far as venture companies, we're probably one of the bigger venture companies on Phantom as well. Um, so, you know, we're really all over the place and kind of the the infrastructure that we have business-wise uh, is also like industry leading. Like there, are, you, you know, you can look at like corporate DeFi blue chips, um, ones that have, you know, maybe created entities overseas and are just like trying to outrace the SEC. Um, but one of like the uh, preeminent legal DAOs in DeFi created a law firm just to serve us uh, because like we're so invested in becoming like literally the most advanced DeFi company, period. Um, so you look at our business infrastructure and our ability to scale securely uh, and our, abil our ability to scale safely, like it's really uh, on another level. And I figured uh, <laughs> I would I would get that shill out there. Um, just like we realized in the last week, we were talking to the foundation. We were talking to people who aren't like in our circle. And we realized nobody knows what the hell we do. Uh, <laughs> and we do so much. It's like, um, like we, dur during the, like, especially the Andre situation brought this to light. Like everybody was like, oh, these freaking, this auto compounder is like freaking doing all this stuff. And I was like, Dude, like we've said since the beginning that Reaper is like, you know, such a small part of our plan. It's literally just a way to get our foot in the door. Um, and, you know, we love Reaper and we love working on it, but um, it's like the lowest tech thing that we do. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a way to train Solidity developers as well. It, you know, it's a way to, um, you know, get them working on strategies and, and thinking, um, you know, systematically. Uh, so, you know, we, we can onboard developers probably faster than any company in DeFi. We can train developers faster than any company in DeFi. Uh, we have probably more raw talent than any other company in DeFi. Maybe like Uniswap is up there, like Ave is up there. I don't really know what they're packing, but, um, you know, we're like, we're, we're like beyond legit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for the next year. I, I kind of, uh, you know, we try to keep the alpha for the people who are going to hold on to it firm. So we try not to blast everything we're doing out there. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, the stuff we're doing is exciting. And the stuff we've already done, even though it's like mostly business to business, you know, we don't really market it or advertise it outside of like the occasional medium article. 
Um, but the stuff we've already done is like at, at the bleeding edge of, of what the industry is, is doing and kind of we saw that as an absolute necessity, you know, getting our business development, getting our legal infrastructure, getting our, you know, OPSEC uh, in a scalable state, in a totally complete state so that we can um, just grow on demand. Um, and that's like, yeah, that's the shit. Oh, people are uh, fannies drop panties. That's the safe word, Canada. Fannies drop panties. Uh, well, hey, that went that went better than I thought it was going to go. JB, thanks for that, man. That was that was fucking unbelievable. I, I also this is not like a development thing, but I do appreciate the the like documentation of other protocols and sort of user friendly information. Also, other developer resources making things. Uh, oh, dude! Accessible to developers. Learn.bitemasons.com. I was about to say it. Yeah, <laughs> get on that. Get on that. There's that new article. It's it's good. That is a lot of chains are, including Phantom, uh, like are missing. I think is sort of a, you know, how to how to onboard, how to like, what does this thing do? All that sort of stuff is super useful to people i think it's once you're w working on this stuff or, or trading or paying attention it's easy to forget that like most people have no idea how any of this stuff works so yeah accessible yeah. documentation is super useful where would be a good place to host that because i know austin's done some stuff in the past i know bite masons has a site there's phantom uh digital to discuss like how yeah. how do you because that stuff it gets buried it gets archived um, right. i try to link it to people over and over again <laughs> It's like, should Phantom you know, Foundation have it you know, on their who's site? Got a, or? There's a Discord dedicated to this, and I, I don't, I don't give him enough airtime. He's asked me to. You know, you guys know Evergrind. Evergrind. Yeah, he's got his Discord with a lot of information <laughs> in it, though, man. And I gotta, I gotta give him a shout because, as uh, you know, when we first started FTM Alerts, like he battled, uh, he was one of the mods, and he battled one of the other mods, and it was like crazy all over the place but he actually did compile a whole shit ton of information into one place so i gotta i gotta give that to evergrind him. is the police officer of phantom yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's such a character i love he him. take away right. from me he take away from me austin like just i i spend all day looking at fundamentals of projects and and i try not to buy tokens i try to buy teams and if you look at oath like oath is execution there's your marketing strategy, Beavis. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, play uh, broke shit. Yeah. Uh, but, like, look at the LGE rollout. Look how beautiful that was. Look at the NFT stuff you've done. You know, like, day three of your launch, you had 9 million in liquidity on deck screener. And I was looking wow. at retrieve, like, love retrieve, but, like, 2 million in liquidity, 9 million for you guys on day three. I mean, it's just really hard not to be excited about what's coming, even though, there's a lot that we probably don't know, which is uh, honestly even cooler. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we've got teams, thirty million dollars of liquidity, you know. So yeah. that was day three. So thirty million now. Day one, day awesome. one, we had. They probably oh, weren't one. showing everything because they wow. literal day one, the second, yeah. the day our LBP was over, we had uh, like forty million dollars in liquidity. Um, yeah. So Probably. like. Yeah, I mean that's you know that that isn't like good if you're like you love volatility and crazy upside, but mm. you know we're looking ten years in the future, and it's just like you know we talk in marketing, you know, let's let's try to explain to people that like getting rich quick, like the get rich quick protocols, you know, you'll have three to five people that get rich and everybody else yep. gets wrecked. They get and we're like, how can we create enough value under one banner to just like 
take everybody to retirement, hopefully, uh, and and just kind of uh, marketing ourselves as like, you know, this this is something to like just chill out, you know, hold on to it, and um, you know, you don't need to babysit it. It has thirty million dollars in liquidity. Uh, you know, you just you know need to let us execute, um, and that's kind of. Uh, we're the we're the executors uh, of your will. You owe us all your money. Uh, no, but um, yeah, it's uh, it is. We're we're trying to satisfy something that we want really bad, and that's like a shit coin you don't need to worry about. <laughs> so, so that's uh, that's that's like our mission. And um, Anon, it's the uh, it's it's a group dinkling. We're calling it uh, <laughs> Dinkle My Unchained this week or something. All right, hey, let's keep going. Speaking of dinkling, I want to I want to talk about uh, Mike Kong for a second, who has just been the absolute MVP of Phantom since everything went down with uh, he who shall not be named publicly. Uh, Mike has done, I shit you not, like ten or fifteen. Yeah. AMAs, videos, and Twitter spaces. He has just been absolutely killing it. And I'm just, I love to see it because he's such, he's an incredibly knowledgeable guy who knows the entire history of Phantom was around for the entire building of it. And and I, I watched his, uh, Mike Kong is the man, you're right. Uh, I watched his interview with uh, Miles the other day. And, and one thing that I took away from that is he was giving us the history of, you know, the Korean guys that, that started Phantom, did this big $40 million ICO, didn't ship what they said they were going to ship. And Mike and Andre stepped in and said, hey, wait a minute, we can actually pull off this ABFT thing. Uh, and that's and that's what they did. But one thing he said is, look, we had kind of a lost year in there. In that, you know, December 27th, 2019 is when uh, Mainnet launched for Phantom. But it should have been a year earlier uh, had the Korean team actually done their job. So what he was really saying is when you look at the, the market cap to TVL ratio that is so very low for Phantom, uh, he's, in his opinion, a lot of that has to do with that lost year that you know we should have been on the market for a year longer than we currently were. But he said there's 40 developers. Andre uh, oh, ah, damn, uh, hasn't shipped code in, uh, in three years directly uh, for Phantom. And uh, that, and and he's just really stepped up, and I just want to like shout him out because he's one of the greatest guys. He's incredibly intelligent, and uh, he's just really been working his ass off for Phantom lately. Yeah, well, I mean, what's the quickest way to put FUD to bed? Right, share tangible facts and do yeah. it loudly and and consistently, and that's really what Mike has done this week. Like, I was so impressed by you know kind of the you know everything that he shared, like. People want to come on to Twitter and, and say this and that, and you know most of it's unsubstantiated and just complete BS. But um, you know, 40, 40 developers working on at the foundation, um, you know, even things like diversifying Phantom, right? Bringing gaming and and, and uh, sort of the extension to DeFi and bringing more versatility to the network. And I looked this morning at um, I looked this morning at PaintSwap, and like there's been like 130 million in volume of trades of NFTs on Phantom this, like since the start of the year, like. You know, pace that out. We're going to be close to a billion dollar, you know, or $750 million NFT network. So, like, things are growing exponentially and they're growing diversely. So, I couldn't be more impressed with what's going on. I thought it was fantastic. 
And to Jay Tass' comment, yeah, definitely. He has been in the background supporting in, in major ways. I certainly don't want to take that away. Uh, however, what I think really what Mike was driving at and what I got out of that is from an operational standpoint, from a uh, foundational standpoint, you know, everything that's really been going on with the network for the last couple of years has been their current developer team, which is, you know, yeah. the Go Phantom guys and the independent guys that they brought in and uh, Pretty Bish, I think, uh, is the key developer. Part Just of it kidding, is that, it's a joke. Part of it that is, is that non-developers don't understand how development act, like actually happens. And to some extent, like I see people post stuff and don't know, like it's, it's not really necessarily beneficial to correct people. There's no project that's run by one person. There's no, like developers talk to each other all the time. If somebody runs into a problem, like you send people messages, start a group chat, uh, like a lot of like a lot of stuff is a lot more collaborative than people realize, and I think that's that's part of what Mike has been saying in the AMAs. Which I think it's also you know I one know it's like very tiring to do that many AMAs and get on video that often and stuff. But I do think it's good that he's doing that and like giving people information, which like Clay was saying is sort of how you uh, combat like people just making stuff up, but. A large part of what he's saying is that, like, they have, there's 40 developers working on Phantom. It was never, never one person. Even three years ago, it wasn't one person who was making it all happen. Which is not to say that there aren't like developers who are visionary and really good at certain things. But like overall, there's there's a lot more collaboration than people realize, and and yeah. uh, lots of people working together to push things forward. Yeah, and and like their their best developers, like the people that are way better than you know anybody who would be public facing, um, are probably the quietest you know guys, uh, just working in the background, you know, just want to focus on code, um, and and you know you need to trust that a project like Phantom has a few of those guys, um, like you know the dark genius types, but you also need to understand that you know to help those people be productive you need a team and you need to ensure that they are you know have direction and um, they understand how they kind of fit into the you know grand architecture of the project um, so you know uh, phantom is you know relatively experienced at this point so uh, you need to trust that they're they're doing the needful do the needful baby all right Let's keep this party going. You know, uh, Ben Jay had a very good comment over here. The issue was the perception is just one person. Uh, now that that perception will die the next time Phantom blows up, that will be the story. It was never one person. While I agree with you, unfortunately, I've got to say, uh, everyone's basically just defaulting over to Beavis now. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's the new guy that everyone's just going to worship until he passes out the Kool-Aid. All right, so somebody asked about uh, SnapSync. <laughs> And I want to talk about SnapSync real quick. Who can who can explain what this is? So from what from what I understand, it has to do with uh, new validators loading up ninety percent quicker, ninety percent less storage space. Is that right? Yeah, it's. I mean, not not necessarily validators. Any any uh, node which could be an RPC server read only. Also, uh, the the Phantom chain size is very large, like three three or three and a half terabytes, it requires very fast drives. So that's obviously a lot of storage. Syncing it over the network would take days to a week. So SnapSync um, basically lets you just download the header, the, the top of the chain that you need to be able to validate future transactions, some changes to the underlying uh, data structures to make it sync more quickly. So you won't necessarily have a full archive node, but you can get a node up and running. I think in a, it was like, 
four hours or something like that instead of a week, which is obviously a lot better. So getting a, a new validator online, new RPC uh, infrastructure online is a lot faster. You don't necessarily need to sync the whole chain. And then I believe it also has some updates for some of the gas stuff to make that a little bit more efficient um, and should generally just help the network be a little bit less chatty. I think. One thing I heard in, in uh, that interview I watched with Mike is he was talking about, you know, he said when they remove the EVM limitations, they're basically able to go 10x real easily on TPS. Mm -hmm. And what he said was that, you know, the full FVM may not be shipped until next year, but but they're going to kind of dinkle out some upgrades uh, throughout <laughs> the rest of the year where we might see that that performance improvement. Yeah. And that's something that I, I, th I mean, I've started sort of saying this too, when people ask when the FVM is coming, like the FVM isn't really a thing per se. It's a series of upgrades to the EVM that are uh, geared towards Phantom, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's all getting released as like FVM 1.0 is getting released on such and such date. There's going to be improvements like Snap saying they're going to, uh, you know, keep working on, you know, the the networking layer, the, the all the middleware stuff that Michael was talking about. Um, there's like some of the bigger changes are going to take longer to develop, longer to test. You might see a bigger impact from them. That's, I think he said, you know, end of this year, maybe 2023 for some of it. But that doesn't mean that there won't be any improvements until then. It's going to be an iterative process of improving performance. And the EVM can go faster. Like one of the one issue with it is really just uh, propagating the data across the network, making sure that, you know, things aren't falling behind. Um, so that is one thing that having a lower number of validators can actually help with is keeping them all in sync because you don't have you know, thousands and thousands to make sure that they're all getting synced. And I think that was one of the things that they were talking about wanting to slowly ramp it up to make sure that the network can actually keep up um, with everything. But it's going to be a, a series of iterative improvements, um, starting with SnapSync, which is in mainnet. It just hasn't been activated yet. But it's going to be lots of changes that ultimately lead to a faster network. Uh, but yeah, there's you know, IO things that you can work on, networking things you can work on, uh, all sorts of different optimizations that you can make. And if you eke out 10% here and 20% there, and all of a sudden it adds up to getting twice the performance and then 10 times the performance and then whatever yeah. your, your, your targets are. From what yeah. I understand for FEM, you're, just for the viewers watching, um, you're not going to hear about what like the details until they're shipped it's just how it is like i think even he who will not be named touched on it you you don't want um you know a lot of l1s are dealing with the same issue so until it's out like and like a uh, double shirt said like the small iterations come out then you'll you kind of hear about the details of it but for now it's just kind of like a, a building in the background and quiet sort of thing yeah, I mean, the one thing that I want to like try to avoid just in the market, right, is like this big shadowy figure of of the FEM, the FEM, but like celebrate the little wins, right? Like SnapSync yeah, is a right. major win. Like if we can get faster transactions, lower gas speeds today, that's that's amazing. Like that's right. the stuff that we need to focus on. Like Phantom at a dollar twenty will not be Phantom at whatever future price it is when you know when the FEM is fully shipped. And if it rolls out in segments, then that's absolutely great. But we need to like Take a moment, be be grateful for what we have, which is an amazing network uh, that's con continually iterating. And so I just yeah. want to just kind of say that. Yeah, no, no developers are waiting on the FVM to do anything. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, so if nobody should be waiting, like there's no, like the FVM comes out and then all of a sudden things are different for whatever reason. Like, I think the, like I was saying, it's a series of iterative improvements most likely, and it's just going to make things better and better as opposed to like, you know, some protocol can't launch until this happens. And Phantom is like being held back by the lack of such and such thing. That's not, that's not really true. It's just, like with all software, you want to keep improving it, keep in, like being able to have more people use it. So it's just going to be yeah. continued improvements. And I don't think like the FVM is also not the final iteration of whatever they're doing. There's going to be more improvements after that. And one other thing that jumped out at me in that in that discussion was um, I, I'm pretty sure and I don't want to misquote, but I think I'm accurate here that Mike said that, you know, on a TX per TX basis, looking at uh, AVAX versus Phantom, like we're already 50 to 200% cheaper as we scale up, like if the if everything was equal, right? So same amount of transactions across both chains. If Snapstream can help reduce that, if all of these, you know, things that are coming next make that even better, then, you know, I'm not really sure what people have to fud about. Like there's so much yeah. positivity in that. They're doing things right now, though, like forget the foundation, just right. devs and their protocols. Um, I know people are, thinking about or talking about gas limits and overestimates and and reducing you know those estimates by 60 to 75 percent per call so there's more transactions yep. per block there's so many things that are happening in the background from so many different parties on this network yep. and, and it's there's no other way to say it but it's to me it's very bullish it, it looks it looks positive it's not a ghost chain it's not like a lot People are working and building on this, whether they're from the foundation or not, and it's happening now. So if you have your whole life hedged on FBM in a year or two, just play it day by have, day. Have some perspective a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And, we, and yeah. we might get into like, you know, like look at all like the zap functionality coming across all the different protocols, right? You know, you can get in and out of pools super quick, more gas efficient. Look at phantom BPTs coming from Beethoven. Uh, look at boosted pools and all the you know all the stuff that they're bringing. There's so much innovation that's coming; it's crazy. So, I yeah. digress. I mean, you <laughs> you look at like who are the companies that are really focused in on the EVM? Okay, first of all, the EVM is the only proven piece of you know execution technology in crypto. Like the only thing that's able to execute smart contracts that we know for a fact is like really, really secure and does exactly what it's supposed to do, even though it may not be perfect, um, that is the EVM. And the only companies focused on the EVM are Ethereum and Phantom. Um, and, you know, uh, there are all these like fancy boutique, like consensus algorithms, you know, you see, you know, Eldorand uh, or Elrond rather, and um, uh, Avalanche. And the thing is like, they're focused on what's happening kind of above the EVM and they can talk about, you know, we've got hundreds of thousands of transactions per second, this or that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's about smart contracts to me. Um, and the only people that are really, really zeroed in on that in a way that makes sense as a developer are Phantom and, and Ethereum. And that's why I develop here and that's why I've been developing here um, because, you know, I don't really care about, you know, segregated databases, you know, uh, I, I want access to the entire ecosystem um, and I want access to every single user and I want to do it in a way that's like as seamless as possible for them. 
Um, and, and Phantom is ha has been saying that since day one, like, you know, our mission is to make it so you don't know that you're interacting with, with a blockchain or you don't know you're interacting with Phantom. Um, and it's just totally seamless. You don't need to, you know, hop to new networks all the time. Um, and that's just kind of like a future that we're building toward and that the foundation um, is building toward. And, you know, if you're a phantom investor, you just need to kind of align with that and understand, you know, this is one approach of many. Um, and, you know, I personally think it's the best approach. Um, and phantom doesn't need to, like, beg developers to come build on here um, because the the experience as a developer and kind of the long-term outlook um, is, you know, good and it's really exciting. Um, and, you know, Phantom being like a grassroots effort and, and, and kind of growing and picking themselves up uh, from nothing, you know, limited access to, to VC capital, just kind of at this point, self-funded, but they, they built themselves up to this point. And now they've got, you know, Alameda, Black Tower, Jump Capital, um, you know, all these people who are super interested. Um, but you need to understand that they're interested because, um, you know, what VC is willing to buy at like, you know, three billion or so market cap. Um, and, and the reason they're doing that is because Phantom is like really, really doing what needs to be done. And I don't think any other network is doing that. Like Phantom sees like where blockchain is going and all these like, you know, most things will end up like Cardano, uh, if I'm going to be honest. And, and a lot of stuff is just going to end up Cardano with an EVM tacked to it. Um, and honestly, like in, in like three years, it's probably going to be Cardano with FVM tacked to it. Um, you know, so uh, just keep in mind that. Yeah, like you were saying, I mean, when you hit, I think a lot of this is like marketing stuff that I've participated in for various other chains. But like when you hear number of transactions per second that is in the hundreds or thousands or ten thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions, they're not talking about EVM transactions. It's like consensus layer value transactions in a test environment, um, all sorts of stuff that aren't really real world and not the way that people actually interact with the with the blockchain, especially one that supports smart contracts. So I do think it's important to, to work on things like the EVM and the throughput there, because that's um, outside of doing L2 rollups and things like that. That's the only way that you're really going to be able to scale the things that people are actually doing. Double sharp. Did you want to uh, answer Cedric's question real quick about oh. an RNG? Yes. I did write a blog post on my website, which is, justinsilver.com. I think it's on the top, but um, you can use VDF, which is a verifiable delay function instead of VRF, a verifiable random function. So you don't need an Oracle to do it. It just uses math. Um, and somebody else asked about the phantom name service, which uh, I did hear somebody else. I think it was Mike or someone from the foundation mentioned that they are working on it. And there were some other people also working on variations that they're talking, talking to. So, um, I know that there's a few different services coming. Yeah, that's something that they're definitely working on. That's one thing yeah. I am familiar with. All right, let's let's move on just a little bit here. Um, and I want to talk about, and I am going to, all right, I'm going to share a heavy rumor that I don't believe. I just want to preface this. So how will Solid evolve? Is it still relevant? 
Uh, as of March 16th, SolidX officially took over the Solidly.exchange domain. And since we've managed to talk about Roosh for the last two weeks, and I know he watches the show, we're going to do it again. Uh, and I'm going to share one of his tweets on here, which is uh, complete uh, and utter rumor. And it says, team working on Solidly. Anonymous Andre, Iron Bank, Fixed Forex, Keeper, SolidX, OxDAO, Deus. And... Um, so while I don't necessarily believe all of that list, I do believe, just like we talked about earlier, that uh, it was never meant to be a one-man show. And just because Andre stepped out, there probably are other people that have been a along for this ride uh, who do still have the infrastructure to build upon. Although, you know, there, were, there may have been some things that came out in the last month that didn't make it as appealing to build upon. I don't really know. Anyone have opinions on this? The yields have been all right. Okay. Uh, All right. I'm not allowed. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm I don't know who, the, who any of who's working on it, so I, I can't really. I mean, I would say that that tweet is definitely a rumor, and maybe some of it's true, and maybe it's not. But I, I mean, there's obvious. There's a lot of capital involved, so I think people are obviously going to keep working on it just because of that. There are people who have a vested interest in in seeing it through and seeing what happens. So I don't think it's uh, it. I think it will evolve. But I, I'm not really sure of any details. Well, yes. so we sh it should be mentioned that the emissions are about to go. They're about to. They, yeah. We don't have many more weeks left of because they're having every week, basically. Mm -hmm. And so and I, I'm obviously this was in Andre's plan from the beginning. Uh, but we're going to be getting to a point where those emissions are not going to be as attractive as, let's say, the emissions coming out of Beethoven or the emissions coming out of Spooky Swap. And so my, I, what I wonder is how is liquidity going to continue to be incentivized? Now, most of the Solidly token is locked up. I mean, yeah. OxDAO has a crap ton and SolidX has a crap ton, which means the, the wrapped versions are essentially the ones that will be the liquidity on the market, the Ox Solid and the, the Solid Sex. So I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I mean, there's one school of thought that says, okay, emissions slow down, price comes up. The other school of thought says, if there's no liquidity, what gives the token any value? Who really gives a shit? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and I'm a bag holder of solid. I have some, so I don't, you know, but I don't really know. I'm kind of in the middle with it. I it's mean, isn't it somewhere call. in? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just saying it's tough to call. You know, it's it's permissionless. And obviously, there's merit to building on it. You saw Deuce and Die and how those kind of tokens have done um, being on solidly and getting the emission. So it's. I'm sure I'm sure it'll do well in the future, but it's up to the community. It's up to people building on it. And, and like you said, emissions, they're not they don't quite tell the whole story. Like if it does go down, maybe the price will go up. But like you said, without liquidity, you know, it's a tough call. But go ahead, Clay. No, I was going to say, Bebas brought the tank. It's about to get serious. So, no, I mean, I think it's too early to call. Right. Like, I mean, there's there's eight rumors or whatever you want to call them on that screen. I mean, all it takes is one, like one or two of those to develop. And then there's a brand new narrative in market. And that's like, I mean, everything we see is it's really just, you know, a lot of narratives and some really awesome building. Well, uh, I think but all SolidX is, and Oxdow are true. Right. Uh, right. Totally. And, and I know, I, mean, I know Laffa is working on a front end uh, and he's fixing yeah. the bribing system, right? That's Deus. 
Yeah, and and you had you had new protocols launched specifically for this reason, right? So like you know, VE DAO has a vested interest to make sure that things continue you know along this path. So I think it's impossible to 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 predict right now, but we'd be silly to say you know to have some type of firm conclusion because it's just you can't. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say like you know, as emissions wind down for solidly, you need to keep in mind. Uh, OxDAO and, and SolidSex are going to be the new like ways to expose yourself. <laughs> that dude, that's I not a sentence I like. You know, say. you can't say that on a stream, right? You just uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so like it is really up in the air. I think the like emissions going down like so much, a lot of the mercenary liquidity is going to unwind, um, and I think at that point, um, you know, we may see quite a bit of stuff happen um like there will be a point where solid uh interest is no longer competitive and the yield market is the most competitive market in DeFi. um tolly shut up lakers suck uh but um, <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding uh uh and you know once it once it like throws in the towel it's it's going to programmatically throw in the towel and, and not be that competitive anymore. So, you know, that's how many hundreds of millions of dollars of liquidity that needs to unwind. Um, the question is, like, where can it go? Um, and, you know, that's that is the big question. Like, who who is there to kind of pick it up? And I like hope that a lot of it is kind of bullish on solidly and unwinds into uh the solid solid X token and the OX style token. And we can kind of just pick it up from there. Um, but at this point, it's really up to what the market decides. Um, and, you know, I think people maybe see a lot of potential in solidly. Um, so hopefully they, they go that route. But um, right now we're just like uh, not touching anything. Uh, we like farmed all that solid that people got pissed off at and we're like, we don't need to piss people off anymore by dumping or, you know, doing stuff with it. So we're just going to hold on to it and go for the ride. And if it goes to zero, it goes to zero. If it moons, it moons. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is a huge question mark uh, right now. And since OX Tolly is here, if you haven't checked out his learn.bitemasons.com article, um, you should check that out uh, because um, it's like, you know, learning how to learn and learning how to think like, uh, a professional um, finance guy, uh, and you know, if, if you can kind of adopt a lot of what he's saying, then uh, you can hopefully start winning trades and being kind of successful in these markets, um, and and help you know become knowledgeable enough to ignore the noise. If you know what I'm saying. Sorry for the big aside there. It's not really related to solidly, but it'll help you make decisions about how you're going to treat the solidly thing because exactly, there are so exactly. many options that, um, you know, you need you need a measured approach and you need to stick to it and you need to not regret um, if anything goes wrong because it's basically like rolling a dice at this point. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on. So Person Gaming has uh, asked a few times about Granary. And it, it actually was a topic, so I just moved it up a little bit. So uh, let's talk about Granary for a second. And Beavis, we definitely need you on this one. Uh, tell Goober you'll get back to him in a minute. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. So Granary is a uh, it's an Aave fork on Phantom. Beavis, can we talk about the people behind it? 
Like, are they're not anonymous, right? The people that that are running uh, granary. They're anonymous. I'm pointing my sword at Holly right now. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah. Uh, I mean, the granary is like. I mean, it's been in development for uh, you know months and months at this point. Um, I mean, I like wrote uh, the deployment scripts. Uh, we basically trained up the team and. Uh, you know, it's kind of an extension of Byte Masons at this point. Um, I, I have, I hung out with uh, the the lead engineer uh, just this past weekend, and you know, we went out to dinner a couple times, and uh, you know, shot the shit. Um, you know, uh, young up and coming developer, not gonna really, uh, you know, dox him at all, just because, you know, he's nervous about you know his family and whatnot. Um, and this is kind of a weird space to be in. But um, yeah, Granary is uh, really, really awesome, and we're excited to kind of have really close access to a lending market like that now. And you know, we're going to work on getting Chainlink oracles for Oath, and hopefully plug into a lot of our clients. And uh, I will say, like, Granary is an Aave v2 fork, but the stuff we have going on in terms of policy um, and kind of the market we're attacking uh, uh, will kind of people will be shocked. Uh, I think whether they whether they can kind of understand what we're doing with, you know, uh, you know, borrow side incentives or what we're doing with, um, you know, risk management um, or, you know, the market we're focusing on, which is going to be kind of the really, really low risk uh, stable coin market. Um, you know, when when you only have time for 100 conversations a year and all of those conversations are with stable coin protocols, um, you know, uh, you, you compare us to uh, some other protocol and, um, you know, we're, we don't want to compete with Aave V3. Uh, we want to create um, incentive structures that make a ton of sense in their own right. Uh, and, um, you know, stable coins are a really, really huge one. And yeah. uh, we've, <laughs> we've put a lot of studying into, into how we're managing this protocol and how we're managing interest and how we're treating the supply side and borrow side. Um, users. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, what was the motivation for it? Um, just Geist, uh, was like so frustrating. Yeah. Tokenomics. Um, yeah. Uh, that we, we just thought, how about we take a measured approach, um, to this. And like I said, you know, it's been in development for, for, for many months at this point, um, and we had to uh, learn a whole lot about uh, <laughs> uh, lending markets and, and money markets and, and how we can kind of gain a competitive edge with the same exact tech. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be really dope. Um, and, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get more into, like, the minor details uh, in articles and things. Um, you know, what we're doing with LTV ratios and reserve factors and revenue sharing and all that. Um, but uh, we should have a pretty easy product market fit, especially on Phantom, and it's yep. going to go cross-chain. Uh, we're going to try to be on every chain. Kind of our goal is to be the beefy of lending. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, it should be really dope, and um, I think everybody will, will be pretty excited by what we're doing. I'll say some quick things about Greenery. 10 million market size right now. Um, shout out to Phantom Menace back in for... for uh the granary secondly um you can tell that it's been kind of in works because the gas optimization is a big deal in comparison to geist like um just depositing and and removing things is is a lot cheaper 
it's kind of tailored towards Phantom, which I think I think is nice. And anytime there's an opportunity for a little bit of an airdrop, it's it's <laughs> nice to get your money in. You don't know how much. I'm not sure. Like you know, I heard there's now waiting for that. months, but uh, it's a good you no know, eat some money in there, borrow some money. Why not? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a lot cheaper. That's what I can say for now. And and I don't know. Some people don't like to have multiple lenders or a ton of lenders. I think it's overall good like you see a balance of apy and aprs across the whole thing you see so many different strategies like if if you're like something like you're and you're you have a strategy for an asset there's so many options on phantom now where whereas before it'd just be kind of just you you got scream that's it you know or 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 cream so uh i'm a fan of just anything kind of building on on phantom yeah. so i think it's dope yeah and there's like you can have like you can literally create a, an entire lending market around one asset or one asset class and you can like get as granular as you want with it um and you can like it, there there's so many kind of market verticals you can target um and right now we're at a stage where we can go after a pretty broad uh market in like stable coins and 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 low risk assets um but you know 10, 20 years down the line, like think about how many people offer lending services like in TradFi, you know, and they all specialize in a different uh, market and they all specialize in a different subsection of, of all these markets. Um, so you need to understand that like leverage, capital efficient leverage, like whoever can be the most efficient, capital efficient will win out every single time. Um, and, and the more focused you get uh, in on, on the capital efficiency of a, of a certain um, asset or asset class, uh, the more competitive you'll be. So, you know, there's, there's so much room in the market for so many lending platforms, more so than anything else. Like exchanges, there's not nearly as much uh, market space for, but um, with lending, it, it's really how focused are you willing to go um, and, you know, how open is the market you're looking to serve. Let's go. Let's go. All right, moving on, moving on. Uh, let's talk about Beethoven for a second. So uh, there was a UI update. The, they released their boosted pools, but Reaper is doing a little F-Beats thing with the bribes. Uh, could you tell us what this is all about, Alfie, please? Am I Alfie? You're Alfie. What's it all about? All right, carry um, on. Oh, dude, you're old. I was going to say that. Too, <laughs> dude, I am. That, that's why I got to pee like four times every this time we walk from Alfie. I mean, I have to pee. I drink a Celsius and basically I have to pee the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like move around so much. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're just like, I freaking hate, like I'm, you know, busy, you know, I like want to program and I want to do like stuff that isn't like trying to figure out what the best thing to do with my money is. Uh, and that's like why Reaper exists is because I'm freaking, you know, I don't want to have to think about all this stuff nonstop. So um, real quick, Beethoven came out. We were like, dude, I'm not doing this every other week. Freaking, you know, <laughs> uh, so um, we kind of prioritized getting uh, FBeats voting up. Um, and, uh, you know, it is like we spent a long time on it. That's good, man. That's fucking that's awesome. Good. Wow. Um, but yeah. yeah, basically, it's it's the best place to, to park your FBeats. I think we compound into more FBeats and we even compound the bribe into more FBeats. So if you're bullish on Beethoven, I don't think there's a better place to be 
um, we'll just constantly be increasing your voting power. We'll constantly be increasing the amount of FBs you have. Um, you know, we're just kind of maxing all your shit out. Uh, and we're just going to try to make as much money for you as possible without having to, uh, to worry about it. So, um, yeah, it, it was a necessity. Like I was like, dude, we need this now for me. I don't care about the users. <laughs> just kidding. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a pretty obvious need. Like people don't want to mess with this stuff every other week. It's hard to keep up with the bribes. I got to be honest. Like, I mean, the, the vote Hoven thing is great. I don't, I actually don't know if that's getting adopted or not, uh, I know a couple of people used it, but it is a lot to keep up with. So, yeah, uh, yeah I can see the use, man. I like it. You know, Crypto.com added uh, mainnet, eToro added mainnet, and uh, Coinbase still doesn't want to date us, which is, uh, you know, I mean, at this point, there's obviously a reason. Like, there's a very strong reason, whether it be regu uh, regulatory or whether it be uh, Polygon. Uh, it's one. It's definitely one of those two, though. I can promise you uh, that the reason it Coinbase doesn't want to date us. I'm not even going to like open it up for comments because that just is such a topic that's not even worth spending time on. But Stater Labs is launching this week, uh, as far as I know, on Phantom uh, and giving us a liquid staking solution, which, and, and Double Sharp, I know that you've been working on uh, a solution as well around this, but like the potential of what this can do for Phantom is, is really, really big. Uh, it, it, it points towards uh, greater decentralization, meaning voting power is spread amongst multiple validator nodes. Uh, it unlocks a shit ton of liquidity and they're not just unlocking liquidity and throwing it on you know, the network. They're actually providing some yield uh, inherently with uh, the receipt token that they're talking about. So what do you guys think about this? Double sharp. I mean, I think it's, this is something I was thinking about for a long time. So I think it's uh, it is going to be cool to see a lot of the the locked up um, FTM become more liquid, providing other other services. I think I mean Beefy already has their somewhat liquid staking solution. Stater has theirs. I know Anchors either has or is coming out with something soon. Um, most of those are are. Using ERC twenty tokens as receipts, the stuff that I was working on is using NFTs to lock a unique position. So they're like a little bit different, um, but I think it is cool just to see lots of different solutions coming out to to uh, to that problem. And I think, like you were saying, on other networks, you've seen lots of liquidity go towards these projects and um, and and the things that they've done on other networks. So it's it's cool to see it launching on Phantom now. Nice. And, and, you know, I, I, I sat down with the anchor guys and the stater guys, very impressed with both. Uh, I thought the stater like guys, uh, I like stater better, um, yes. not, not as human beings, but like, as oh, they man. thought through a lot more potential scenarios and they already have uh, a, a very large proof of concept going over on Luna. And who did we just lose? We lost clay. Maybe clay had to go uh, drive some liquid. I don't know. Hey, uh, real quick. Uh, oh, so one uh, one interesting thing. This is if we're gonna gossip a little bit. Somebody did just create five new validators and didn't label them, so that could be related to some of this stuff. Jeez, I noticed that as well. What Stater does that's very cool is they have a pool of curated validators. So if you were to throw a hundred Phantom in, they would uh, spray. I'll say spray. They would spread uh, ten Phantom to ten different validators to ensure mm -hmm. that we're getting a greater level of decentralization, which I really liked. Spray uh, the liquid, 
to all of your favorite valves. They're going <laughs> to spray and pray. Hey, for anyone that, that, yeah, the reason I said Polygon, that was a rumor back a while back that, you know, Coinbase loves Polygon and that's why they're not listing Phantom. It was just a, it was just a joke. Like, you know. I think they're bag holder. Dude, Coinbase is like the <laughs> biggest freaking bag holder and they don't even care anymore. They're like, you know, they just pump and dump, it seems like sometimes. Not to be, you know, I don't want to get sued. So that's like just. <laughs> dude, they're, they're uh, definitely uh, coming for you, dude. You're, uh, you're. You're the new dev that shall not be named. I mean, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> but, dude, yeah. Uh, Stater is freaking awesome. Uh, I really want to work with them. Um, uh, I'm talking to, like, uh, the credit team and them a lot, um, trying to see how we can kind of create some, some synergies. Um, but, yeah, they seem, like, super, super, super legit and knowledgeable. Um, and I see it as, like, an absolute necessity uh to to you know what phantom is trying to do so um i'm gonna be supporting the hell out of the stater team and um you know uh just get your shit staked get your liquid staked now um and uh yeah it's it's just uh pretty awesome what they're trying to do and yeah we'll be bribing uh for oath the beats oath uh we'll 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 bribe again people were asking uh but yeah, we are, you know, like I said, like the bribes are like not a super high priority, so we don't like over communicate. Um, but we're, we'll we'll try to keep consistent bribes up for that. Um, uh, yeah. Dude, you know, I have a question. Mr. McFlunday brought something up that uh, kind of got me thinking a little bit. So, you know, the day I was I, a while back, I was like, ah, you know, it'd be really cool the day that like Boo and, you know, Scream and the big ecosystem tokens get listed on major exchanges like Binance or Coinbase or stuff like that. I mean, Coinbase listed QuickSwap, so like they're obviously you know amenable to doing that. But I wonder if <laughs> all of that has been pushed back due to Felix Exchange and uh, the big Binance not being willing to touch the eco tokens for fear of competing with uh, Felix, who is going to list the eco tokens. Anyone have any thought? I mean, it's complete you know, rumor bullshit that's running through my head, but, but it, it, you know, it would be a cool day, like to see that type of validation for, for phantom ecosystem tokens. Um, I I think like literally every other chain is more willing to pay to play, uh, to be honest. Uh, Phantom's like, okay, we're just going to build and do our thing. And, you know, when it's, when incentives align, incentives align, they don't try to force uh, things along. um, Like, pretty much every other chain does um so you know you just need to trust that like when it's time when everybody's ready uh it will happen um and i i don't think like you know sure people are probably thinking about felix a little bit but um you know more exchanges is just better like more arbitrage you know no matter what Binance isn't going to be, you know, the exclusive exchange, um, but Binance has Binance users. So Binance users will go there and um, they'll right. get the benefit of arbitrage. So um, I wouldn't worry about speculating what markets are going to do. Markets are going to do what is most profitable to do at any given point. And Phantom just, I mean, I think the foundation understands that um, and doesn't try to force it. Uh, so, you know, it it be how it be. And oh, that. Also, um, we may have missed this. This uh, just now that we brought it up. Uh, Boo and Scream on. I'm gonna butcher the exchange name. Huobi. Huobi. 
Hyobi. 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 So that's, no. that's nice. And like you said, like the paying to play, it, it's tough for a lot of these uh, protocols. Like it costs money to get listed on the exchanges, except for Mexi. Mexi, I don't know if you guys heard of this place. They're, they 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 want all the tokens, anyways. Yeah, well, they, Dude, they were at uh, they were at BTC Miami. They had a booth there, man. Yeah, yeah, Token yeah, yeah. They're actually pretty legit. I wanted to address Cedric's uh, deal. He asked uh, about beefy staked phantom, and I'll give my opinion, and then Double Sharp, who's dug into the contracts, can give his. I have a peg fear um, in that there is no direct way of redeeming BEFTM for FTM. If there was, it would hold peg because people would arb it. I did, I did ask the beefy guys about this, uh, and they said that uh, with a DAO vote, you can unwrap the staked phantom for BEFTM, but it would take a DAO vote and it would be a significant process to push through. So I do have peg concerns. Double sharp? Yeah. I mean, it is peg. outside of the, uh, like, I don't know about the actual financial implications of it, but the w technical way that it works is that they are running a validator. Um, when you stake through their system, it converts it to BEFTM and takes your stake and puts one, uh, one fifteenth of it to their validator self stake. And then the rest of it is a delegated stake, which um, means that they're never going to cross over the ratio of having too much delegated to the validator, which is good design. If you don't want to unlock it, um, the, they are getting the benefits through that system of, of getting the, all the validator rewards and delegator rewards. And then that gets fed back into the, um, the ecosystem, and that's where the rewards for the BEFTM token come from. Looking at the code, though, there isn't a way to swap it back as a user. You would have to basically shut down the, the validator and unwind uh, or you know remove all of the delegated stakes and go through the one-week unbonding period. And then at that point, it would, um, it would release the FTM back to the contract. I haven't actually looked at it to see what it does from there, but I'm assuming, assuming it would be distributed back to the token holders, but with emissions and things like that, if it's not one-to-one, -one, I don't exactly know how that would work. Sorry, I just tried to copy. Sorry, double sharp to be so rude while you're talking, but I, I completely agree with I'm trying to, I'm trying to de-blur myself. I'm sorry, double sharp. I'm the rudest freaking guy ever. I'm like, so, I get so blurry, and this is like a freaking, I feel like a nice webcam. It's like a nice Logitech. But it just, I become blurred. Can you pull Maybe up that I'm... Ben J comment? Like, what does that have to do with anything? Uh, I don't know. Beefy devs ironically skinny? Well, because it's called beefy, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I missed, are, I missed are the joke Are you skinny there, or are you beefy? Man, you, you missed oh. that one. So, uh. People want developers to be hot so bad. It's like, bro, we're fucking <laughs> making software. Stop expecting us to be hot, you sick, nasty freaks. Wow, that was weird. All right, so Ave launched on Phantom. Stop developers. Do we do we care that Ave launched on Phantom after all of this time? Like, is it relevant? Is it a big deal? Does like 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 our tokens getting listed on a large platform? Does it bring new eyes to the ecosystem? I think that it probably does, right? No. Yep. I mean, it's a big protocol, so people know about it. There's gonna there's like Ave users on other networks that know that Ave is launching on phantom so i don't know if it's necessarily like important in the ecosystem sense of like we've this is something that's been needed that hasn't been here and like finally but in terms of like growth and marketing and 
more users and all that stuff and more liquidity because Aave has like they have lots of things that they can bridge to the network. So overall, it's good, but I don't necessarily know that it's like first chatting. Yeah. yeah, and they lost I mean, a ton of markets at the same time. It wasn't just yeah. Phantom; they went on a whole bunch of other chains. So yeah. it kind of diluted what marketing there may be in it. Right. Yeah. It's it's a place oh, that institutional money can feel comfortable. I think is yeah. the main benefit because their incentives aren't going to be as great as everybody else's, but their risk, uh, the risk exposure on there will always be the lowest. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I am getting fat, uh, but that's beside the point. Double <laughs> Sharp started working out. I was uh, say, I'm working yeah. out. So uh, he went for the first it's time. It's only been yesterday. like two days, so now I'm sore. I'm not fit. <laughs> I gained like 10 pounds on, you know, a note to self, a vacation with uh, five kids. I don't have five, but my family and my brother's family uh, is not a vacation. It's just taking care of your kids in a different location. That's <laughs> all it is, dude. I did not get any rest, man. But whatever. I gained Yo, a few pounds. On the Ave thing, uh, I, I do think it's important though, right? Like big protocols coming to Phantom is important. Bringing Ethereum users, more Ethereum users to Phantom is important. Um, and also with like things like boosted pools, which I don't know what I missed. Sorry, I, I just bought this Mac spinning wheel of death. I don't know if I'd take it back, but it totally froze. So anyway, <laughs> uh, but um, it is important, right? I mean, it just brings more people and it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's, it's good hype. So it's validation too. For the exactly. Yeah. Well, final thoughts, you know, it's been, it's been a weird couple of weeks and for anyone that's, you know, I've been around a long time. I don't, you know, some people, JB, you've been around a long time. We've rode the ups and downs. I remember, you remember Sam Smith, Bebus, who used to FUD Phantom at a penny and a half. They said they met Connor on Grinder and hired him to do all of their support work. And like, he just FUDed the living shit out of Phantom back when we were like between one and two cents, right? Uh, and there's, there's always been FUD from the beginning until now. And I'll tell you what, I feel I feel like we're pretty fortified as a community as a result of riding these various waves. And you know, oh, yeah. with the um, the 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 man who shall not be named when he when he left uh, crypto and you know subsequently the figurehead of Phantom as people wanted to call him, I think it was a good band-aid rip. Uh, I think it was somebody mentioned in the comments that now we're moving forward as a team. We're not, you know, it's not a one man uh, figurehead type of show until Bebus takes over, which should be happening next week. Uh, but until then, uh, <laughs> but I think, I think, I think we have uh, probably, you know, when the market turns around, my personal feeling is that the experience that we had on the last two bull runs up is it's, this is going to be completely different completely different than we've seen before and uh and i'm just grateful and excited yeah exactly more mature to be a part of it so thank you everybody knows phantom now like that was that's the last one way or another dramatic we're the drama now we're we haven't had drama since uh that happened like uh you're like dm DM arky he can get you some drama (laughs) Uh, but yeah i feel like things are like kind of coming back to normal um and uh it's it's pretty exciting um and you know i was like in my head i'm like we need to fucking get everything back to how it was before you know the ve nft announcement um and we're getting there and 
we have more liquidity. So solidly did the job. Um, you know, we'll we'll see where that goes as things start to unwind. Um, but I think a lot a lot of it will stay in phantom um, because our UX is really good, believe it or not. Um, and uh, yeah, I told uh, Crypto AS that I would shout out um, Pain.Finance and let you all know that um, not only are we doing our experimental stuff on there now, but we're also doing um, kind of immature projects. Uh, we're putting like we're, we're deploying some of our more battle tested software uh, on their behalf on Pain. Um, so things that might go to zero, um, like, you know, basis cash forks, uh, tomb projects, um, you know, Excalibur is on there right now. Um, things that are really new and that we don't want the average Reaper user to be exposed to, you can find on pain.finance. Um, so definitely it's, it's a DYOR type site, um, but uh, there is there's some good shit on there for you. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. My name's Austin with FTM Alerts, Phantom Unchained, episode 28, with uh, Justin Beavis, double sharp, $24, and uh, the newly unemployed Crypto Clay. We'll catch you guys on the next live stream. Take care, everyone. Make bitches holler. Later. Bye. <laughs>